God in Jesus' name. Oh, there's nobody like him, folks. Nobody like him. Amen. Amen. Praise God. There just is nothing like him in Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. One more time. You pray for yourself right now. God is, is incredibly reaching in this place today and by different means in different ways in Jesus' name. And there's probably a few of you that maybe even just got a, some type of a vision in Jesus' name. There's just tremendous things, praise God, that God is, is doing here. And, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm just hesitating for a minute just to see where he wants to go and what direction he wants to take. But, um, you know, whatever he wants, whatever he's, he's, he's intending to do is what I want to do. And so let's just, inter, let's just, let's just I, I fail to use the word entertain because that's a Hollywood version. I think what we need to do is we need to enter into his presence now with confidence. Come on, some of you could just lift up your hands. There's a couple of you in here right now that haven't spoken in tongues for months and years. You could just break through right here in an atmosphere like this right now. There could be just an overflow. There's people here that you've been dealing with just man-made diseases. Somebody told you you had something wrong with you and I'm here to say that God is here to put an end to that kind of a mess. In the name of Jesus, I'm telling you the truth. Right here in this place. Mora, kayala Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise you, God. Oh, yes, Lord God. Have your way, Lord God. Speak to your people. Let someone here today, Lord God, get that direction in Jesus' name. Oh, my Yadamokohoshatayadamenius. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Yadabokohoshafarando, Yadamonias. Yadamano, Yadamonias, Yadabokohoshat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture tells us, the scripture teaches us in Philippians number three, it says, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Wow, what a, what a homework assignment, huh? 
Amen. And circumcision is something I've been looking into here lately. It's just something the Lord impressed upon my heart. Uh, the Old Testament circumcision, of course, was that of the flesh. And, um, you know, we all, you know, without being X-rated here, we all know what it, understand what it is and that type of thing. In the New Testament, God, of course, did something a whole lot more impactful. And that is he began to circumcise our hearts, literally our hearts, so that we could receive the things of God. And so um, I'm so glad that I am of that circumcision. God has, has had to do that. I, I, I'm not quite sure where it begins and ends. I know that uh, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name have a lot to do with it. I'm telling you that right now. People who are not obedient to the what I call uh, Salvation 101, and this is not some reprimand or, or, or uh, angry at anybody. I'm just saying they do not get their hearts fully circumcised. And so it doesn't surprise me that people who have fallen into that category, and that's probably a couple of you in here today that are in that category, that they're not receiving the Word of God. They're not able to retain it. And, and again, we've got to realize that the Scripture says that we have no confidence in the flesh we are spiritual Jesus said they that worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth these are the things that Jesus gave mandates for praise God there's no wiggle room there praise God and I understand our compromising fleshly nature that we want people to feel good about their relationship with God which is not a bad thing but when it holds them back from truth you are really opposing God and you better be careful with that one You'd better be very, very careful with that. You'd better discern what God is, is doing, not only in your own life, but in the people around you, praise God. And just presenting truth and then drawing a silence, a lot of times is the will of God. You don't have to explain the things of God. My goodness, if he can't get things across, we are really hopeless, aren't we? I'm telling you, if he can't get these things across, and I'm telling you something, he's been doing this for thousands of years, by the way. You know, he's not new at this. And so this is what he's doing in our generation. What you and I need to pursue is we need to pursue further truth, praise God. Amen. We must keep letting God begin to show us in Jesus' name what he has for us. And I, and I am excited about what the Lord is doing in, 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 these, in these days and in these realms and how quickly he can do it. How eyes can get open and, and how people can all of a sudden they go, whoa, yes. But that still isn't the end of the project. Because your will and my will has to be completely submitted to his. Amen. See, that's one of the ways that we'll retain the things of God is that when, not if, when opposition comes because of the truth. The Bible speaks of this. You know, there's opposition out there if you take a political stand. There's an opposition out there if you take some kind of a stand in your work area. And I'm not saying these aren't good things, but there's nothing compared to when you begin to take a stand for truth. Amen. There will be, praise God, opposition that will come. The good news is, if God be for us. Yeah. Amen. Doesn't mean they're not going to try. Amen. Jesus told his church, he said, um, I'm going to give unto you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And whatsoever you bind, praise God. And really, if you study the fullness of that, it means whatsoever is already bound in heaven. That's what you've got to find out is bound on earth. That doesn't mean you come up with your own little plan and rendition of it. We've got to find out what's already been bound in heaven. Then we have authority and we have confidence, praise God. We can say, yes, that's going to happen right here, right now, because it's already done up there. And it's the same protocol for loosing. 
Praise God. Whatsoever is loosed in heaven or the full return, return of that is whatsoever has already been loosed in heaven will be loosed in, on, on this earth. Praise God. And then he said the gates of hell would not prevail against it. Now, it doesn't mean they're not going to try. Amen. And so right now, and I feel like just for the next maybe 30 seconds, maybe even a minute, we need to push back hell. We need to push back darkness and blindness. Reason why some of the people in your area are not receiving truth is because they are blinded. The, the, the God of this world has blinded them. And the only one that has the cure is Jesus. But you also have the authority wherever you go that that blindness has to go. Praise God. And that darkness has to go. And so let's take, come on. I, I understand there's a few of you in here, you're just looking for loaves. That's all you're looking for. And you're going to get plenty to eat. You're going to get plenty. You're going to go home with a full belly. But the vast majority of you in here, you're hungry. You want to see something move in your world. And praise God, let's do that right now. Let's take about a minute right now. And let's exercise the authority that God has give us, given us in binding and loosing. Oh yes, kita kabaroba kahashe yalama. Lord God, I, I come against divided families, families that are not not unified for the truth. In Jesus' name, push that darkness back. Push that blindness back in the name of Jesus. Let homes be unified. Let homes be unified right now for your truth. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, let us get off of the stand. Let us get off of the fence. And let us jump down into the arena right now. And let us, Lord God, engage in what you want us to. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rapakunat. Yes, Lord God. Ha ha. Yes, Jesus. Boye lo. Boye lo. Riabaka. Oh, yes, Lord God. Come on, do you feel that go? Do you feel a little more freedom? Come on, let's take another 30 seconds. And let's just keep pushing right now in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about things that are binding people. I'm talking about elements out there that have got to go. That God gave us the authority to bind. That God gave us the authority to loose in Jesus' name. Right here in this place. In the name of Jesus. I come against the spirit of backsliding. I come back the, I come against the spirit of cold in heart. I come against the spirit of air to spirit in this place right now. And let it just let it just volcano just a volcano just out of this place. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Mm, oh, yes. Yes, Lord God, yes. Feed us, oh, my, my master. Yes, give us encouragement. Help us, Lord God, not to give in. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, you've given us not the spirit of fear, but of love and power and of a sound mind. You've done these things for us, almighty God. They are already available through the avenue of grace and mercy and peace. They are here in plenteous. They are here, Lord God, in truckloads. In the name of Jesus, everyone here, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I come against depressions. I come against doom. I come against 
anything, Lord God, that is not of you. I come against that, Lord God, right now. Doubt and unbelief, Lord God, has got to leave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Now you can be seated. Praise God. Take a few deep breaths. Go ahead. Yeah. Somebody said, don't you usually do that stuff on Sunday night? Can't wait. I can't wait anymore. I'm going to move when God says move and not plan agendas. Just become very spontaneous. Amen. It's, it's not an easy lifestyle. It isn't. Amen. Praise God. Um, this week, God gave me a little test. I was driving out of Walmart, and there was a, the, a van sitting there, and in the window it said, needed gas. And um, I, sometimes I don't observe those things, but I saw that. And um, um, first thought, this is just how it works. The first thought, God says, go give him some money. The second thought was my flesh that says, they probably spent it on something stupid. See how quick that happened? That didn't take a half an hour. That didn't take an hour. That only took about probably 10 seconds. Amen. And so I was headed up the street and <laughs> to get some salt. Isn't that funny? I already had the light, so I needed the salt, right? Um, and so I, well, I drove up the street, and God was just, he was just saying, I'm not saying it again. That's what God told me. And he didn't. And, um, and so I drove back down and gave, gave money. I, and, and it was just something that released in my whatever. And, and, and um, I, I don't know if I couldn't see it, but I thought God was smiling. Um, but the bottom line is, folks, um, that's how it works a lot of times with the kingdom of God. Is that God who sees the need first and wants to use us to provide for the need will do that. That's why Jesus said when he was there in that, um, that, that, that picnic dilemma, got all these people out here. And man, alive, you preached good, and, and boy, this was a good place to be and stuff like that, but these folks need to eat. And boy, the disciples start to get real worried, like we do, you know. How are we going to do this? And then there's always an accountant, you know, 200 penny worth. I don't know where he came up with that figure, but man, he's, he had it right there, man. He said, boy, it's going to cost us at least a couple hundred bucks to do this, you know. I mean, whatever, 200 penny worth. And, um, and Jesus, of course, the only thing is we don't have time to go to the bank. We don't have time to do all this. We, we need to do. And so the question was asked, what do you got? What's, what's available? Amen. And, and of course, the, you know, the, the answer was, well, we got this kid over here that's got, he's the only one who brought lunch, you know, and, He's got five loaves and two fish. You know the story. I'm taking my time so that it'll really get down in there. Praise God. Because these are, these, are, these are timeless stories that Jesus told us so that we could understand how it works. And then the, 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 um, um, the commandment went forth. Bring it to me. Let me have it. And, of course, you know what Jesus did. He broke those, those loaves and divided those fish up. And, my goodness, everybody went home, you know, with full bellies. They literally did. And plus they had 12 basketfuls of stuff left. Amen. And, and we think about that. And, and this is why, again, we, we have to be, begin to become more spontaneous because we don't want to have any confidence in the flesh. 
And man, an old elder told us this years ago. He said the first impression to do something for someone or to minister is how he put it. Um, just to do something for somebody is okay. There's lots of folks out there that are doing that. We have agencies out there that I'm very, very thankful for. Amen. When I first came to this city, um, we had phone call after phone call, and we were small back then, didn't have any money other than what we were making, and people were calling us all the time and, and having needs. You know, can you put me up for a hotel? Can you do this? Can you do that? And we weren't even hardly keeping the lights on, you know, at the time. And so I thought, God, what am I going to do? And he said, well, call the people in town. And so I called agency, an agency in town. It was called the People Project, I think, then. Or no, it was something else, Counts, uh, whatever. It was an agency. And they, they, I told them what the situation was. I said, you know, we're the A and the, and the L, uh, alphabet, abundant life. And back then, people used the yellow pages or phone books. Incidentally, I found one in my, in my office, and I threw it away. We don't even use them anymore, do we? Obsolete. And that was 2016. Um, back to my story. Don't have ADDH, okay? Um, uh, but I called the agency, and I, and, I, um, and, I, and I said, what do I do? And he said, oh, my goodness, Mr. Carnahan. Well, they called me Mr. Carnahan. That made me feel good. They said, um, uh, send them down our way. He said, we've already got a system in place. And I said, well, okay, that sounds good to me. I didn't feel quite right about that at the time. And so for a few years, I pondered that. I was glad to do it because they did. They had the resources. They also had um, um, access to the police department at that time, and they could scan people just like that. And not that I was suspicious of everybody, but it was just the idea that in our world today, you've got to be very careful, you know. And so they could do that. But then God began to deal with me. Amen. That was them. That's what we pay taxes for. That's why we live in, in a fairly peaceful world, you and I, is because we have government agencies like that. Amen. Not all government is bad. Okay? Some of it is, you know, it takes care of some folks, and so I'm glad they do that. Then God began to talk to me about who, he says, your position or your job or your, your mandate from me is to minister. Minister to people. And boy, that one took a few years for me to really figure that one out. And that's what I've been trying to do. That's why God sent me here. Not that like the other day, I don't know if that money gave, did anything. She smiled at me and she said, wow, thank you, you know, and, and was very gracious and um, okay, you know. But the bottom line is, you know, um, you know, the thing that we have to do is minister. Amen. And let me tell you right away here this morning, because this atmosphere was a good template for it. Some of the areas that you're going to learn to minister in are here to one another. Now let me be a pastor for about 30 seconds, okay? That's why, sir, that's why, ma'am, you skipping out and coming to church whenever you feel like it, no wonder you're not learning anything. Because by the time you come back here, you've already forgotten what you've learned. And that's not me telling you you're better or else. I'm just saying, do you want to learn to minister to one another? That takes time. That takes having no confidence in the flesh. That takes boldness. And the word boldness in the scripture, the New Testament, is frankness. That's telling people the truth in love. 
not making them feel good about something bad that's happening to them. You see, we got agencies around that will do that. We, our job is to minister to one another. Amen. And I understand the word of encouragement, folks. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not saying that that isn't one, but it's not the only one. It's like speaking in tongues. Some people think that's the only gift we got. And I'm not against speaking in tongues. I pray in tongues. I sing in tongues. I try to do a whole lot more today in tongues than I ever had before. But the bottom line is, it's only one of eight. Amen. And so God has provided the gifts if you study the book of Ephesians, that's where it really goes into it. The, the aspect of uh, one of the places, Corinthians is another, but, but Ephesians goes into the application of the gifts. Amen. You know, he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. You know what that literally means in its fullest form? That, that the giftings, the giftings are the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, are to equip the saints to do the ministry. That's what it's all about. That's the flow. Amen. And that's why this Catholicism attitude, you know, where one person stands up and does everything, no, no wonder we, we've adapted that in the apostolic church, and we're, we're really working hard to get rid of it. Because that's why we're not growing, that's why we're not reaching, that's why we're not ministering the way God wants, me to, wants us to. And the scripture is very plain when it says to minister according to the ability which the Lord gives. Yes. And so God will do that, amen. He will minister laying hands on people. These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, they shall cast out devils. Now if you study the scripture right prior to that, he says these, these are for believers, he that believeth on me and is baptized shall, you know. And so this is believing. This is what God has done for us. And so this is why it takes repetition. It takes repetition. And then even after your best A game, sometimes you're going to forget a few things and God's got to bring it back around. Amen. And then you've got to do it again and it feels like you're just relearning again. No, you're really not. All you're doing is emphasizing what was there before. That's why Paul told Tim, oh man, do I feel the Holy Ghost here. Paul was telling Timothy, he said, stir up the gift. Stir it up. And God, man, we got a world that's absolutely in 24-7 stir. The world is stirred up. And so my goodness, if any time we should go out there and we can see that there's opportunity to do things, praise God. But again, you know, where we're going to gather a lot of our faith and our understanding of how it works, praise God, is because of the local church. We come together, amen, and God will help us to forget about ourselves and, and minister to one another, and that's one of the prerequisites to ministering to one another. That's why some people struggle with it, is because they can't get their minds off of themselves. You know, that thought, God says, do it, what's in it for me? Do it, what's in it for me? Do it, what's in it for me? Yeah. I hear that one loud and clear. And sometimes it comes in my brain, too, and that's why we got to be careful. Amen, that we'd follow the leading of the Lord, you know, amen, nothing in it for me, nothing, doesn't matter, this is God, he wants to reach, he wants to touch, he wants to save in the name of Jesus, amen, and what a privilege just to be a part of that, that, that kingdom, hallelujah. And boy, I mean to tell you folks, it, it, it's exciting in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. That's why sometimes even in our prayer meetings, 
you know, you'll see people get up and they'll go over and lay hands on people or whatever. What is that? That's God. Amen. And so this is why we must. Amen. I, God, most of the time in our prayer meetings, he's helping me to pray for you. Who? One that don't come. <laughs> Amen. That's why I got a list. Amen. You come to church more than four or five times, you get on that list. And God has given me, I can't, rem- I can't remember words to a song. I can't remember, you know, um, uh, numbers. I can't remember a whole lot. But God has given me the ability because there's hunger in my heart to minister to you. I can remember your names. And I go right down the list, praise God. That's what I do. And I'm just not telling you that to puff myself up. I'm telling you that's ministry. Praying one for another, praise God. I'm telling you folks, when that, when that gear gets oiled, wow, tremendous things can begin to happen in the church, praise God. Not because of us, but because of Him in Jesus' name. Why don't you just close your eyes and maybe lift those hands up right now and ask the Lord to give you some understanding. Oh, hallelujah. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So exciting things in the house of God. Can you say amen? amen. Isn't this a cool place to be? It really is. Different, isn't it? I know some of you are shaking your head and say, where does this guy come from? Well, start reading the New Testament and you'll pick up a few things. I know you will. Because that's where I'm coming from. Praise God. That's, that's how it works. Now, let me put this little added addendum in here. You know, a lot of times we want to get involved in, in Christian service, which is really a good thing. And that's of the Lord, by the way. Um, a good chapter for you to read is the 12th chapter of the book of Romans. Put that down if somebody's hungry for service. Because right in that chapter, there, about in the middle there, it talks about service gifts that God has given to the church. Um, you must understand that, that the, the, um, the fivefold ministry is what we used to call it. I call it the fivefold gifting, is something that God ordains. You and I don't do that. That's God's hand picking. And sometimes, you know, it's like if we'd have been around in the apostles' days, we'd have looked at some of those guys and said, Jesus, you could have done a whole lot better than this. My goodness, we would have. I'm telling you the truth. And that's sometimes one of our um, uh, down-the-road impressions of people. I know some of you have had that probably impression about me. Where did God find this guy? Why couldn't he get anybody else from Iowa to come here? You know, my goodness. But that's God. And him and I have had the same discussion for for years. I've said, God, you know, but God handpicks. And usually he won't answer that. Amen. One of the things that you must understand is we get a lot of this. Some of this, we get it from the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy, God uh, shared with them. He said, I didn't pick you because you were the most. He told Israel that. Because they could be pretty pathetic at times too. They really could, you know. But he said, I picked you because I knew you would do what I told you to do. Now think about that. Amen. And there's a couple of you that are stumbling your feet here a little bit in that. Why don't you get that one under the blood and get on. Do what God tells you to do. Amen. 
And that's why, again, I, you know, Jesus used the same thing. You know, where'd you get this authority? He says, well, what about John? What about John? Well, John gave commandments. He said to be baptized. How come you weren't? You know, I'm telling you something, folks. You can tell a lot about people by what they already know about God. And I'm not a judge, folks, but I'm a fruit inspector. I'm related to John the Baptist because he's the one that told him to bring forth fruit, meat for repentance. He wasn't just, in, you know, uh, wanting to preach a good sermon and get a big crowd so that everybody could feel good. He wanted results. I don't think that's wrong. And I do too. Now, sometimes I get in a big hurry, but that's just God and I working things out. But the bottom line here, you know, these giftings, you know, God has put people in charge. That's what he's done. And I pray for our ministers. There's another ones that I have memorized in this entire three-state area. Rocky, or Gillette, Campbell County, um, uh, Wyoming, and the Rocky Mountain District. I have all of the ministry memorized. Amen. And when I pray, I can see the map. I can see the city they're in. And I pray for them. I call their name out to God. Ask God to bless them. Why? Because I'm trying to get elected again? God, no. <laughs> I'm hoping they won't elect me. Yeah. But the bottom line is, this is what God put on my heart 10, about 15 years ago. He said, I want you to pray for your brethren. And boy, has this eased tensions. When you go into the, prayer, into the boardroom and people come in, man, and want to get sideways. Come on, folks. You think preachers and pastors and all that business, man, they got a special blood type? No, they don't. They got egos and they got flesh and they got stuff they're dealing with too. I'm not putting them down. I'm just telling you that's how it is. But if you're already praying for people, oh, hallelujah, they can say something to you that might have irritated you if you weren't. I'm talking about ministering now. I'm trying to go a little bit deeper for some of you folks that just don't want loaves and fishes. Come on, I'm telling you right now, you can get excited. You can really learn how to, how to, how to deal with these things, praise God, with ministry. Yeah. Amen. But let me tell you this right now. Before you, before you get involved in service, I'll tell you one of the areas that God is dealing, and he is dealing with many of you right now, is lifestyle. Yeah. How about daily? How are you living for God? What is that deal? And listen, you know, we call it holiness standards. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, God has got them. He's trying to help us to become holy. He's trying to help us to get closer to Him and dedicated to His service. Amen. And that's why sometimes people who want to be involved in ministry, platform ministry or pulpit ministry and that type of thing, you know, a lot of times God is still dealing with their lifestyle. And that's not a reprimand, folks. That is a protection for you. And so consider that. These are the things that God will begin to develop us in. Amen. It's easy to come in here, amen, and minister. Well, at least ways it should be because of the atmosphere that God sets. Amen. Even the most timid among us, praise God, has a tendency to get up. They don't all the time, but they have a tendency to because of the atmosphere. But the bottom line is, praise God, you know, God will, will, will sometimes, and he will uh, many times anoint us with, with boldness, praise God. Amen. And righteousness is one of those things that God wants to give us. Amen. Jesus was not baptized because he needed uh, repentance. He never sinned. He was baptized because he told us it was the right thing to do. And so you and I, we develop a righteous lifestyle. 
not according to the um, marketers out there or the fad people, but according to God. Let me give you one of those general ones, okay, just so you can kind of chew on this one here. Amen. You know, modesty is not a fad. It's not. Amen. It's a direct understanding from God. Amen. And that's, that's what God calls us to do, to be modest. And that's not only in our clothing, but in the way we approach things, praise God. And so God, he is, he is in, the, in the process of bringing that, amen, in, into full fruition. Amen. Amen. I, I, um, Brother Bernard, our general superintendent, um, talked to a man from another organization that at one time opposed us tremendously because of our doctrine on the oneness of God in Jesus' name, baptism, and the necessity of receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. People oppose us on those things. Amen. And I'm not here to shove it down anybody's throat here. I'm not telling you you better or else. I'm just saying those are things that God has put into our lives as righteousness. You see, Abraham, because of his obedience to God, because of his faith in God, the Bible says very implicitly that God counted that as righteousness so don't tell me that what we do doesn't count amen we got this idea that we can't even bring that one to the table anymore because if people are going to say you're working your way to heaven no I'm not I'm already going there I'm just beside the father now I'm doing what he wants me to do my my goal is to please him not just do what he tells me Amen, because there's a lot of stuff, times he's told me to do something and I did it, but I didn't have the right attitude. And man, I know that wasn't pleasing to him. So it goes a whole lot more than just doing things. Amen. And so, you know, that's one of the things that we have to, to hold up, praise God. That's the candle, that's the light that God has us to go into the community to, to, to have. And so this man said, you know, he was very opposed to our organization for years, praise God, but came back to Brother Bernard and said, you are one of the last organizations that are holding the standard. Now, that wasn't meant to give us a bigger hat size. That was meant to help us to understand that when you stand for truth, you will receive opposition. Amen. People are going to push back. And a lot of times, it's the test that God will put in your life. Amen. Amen. Do you, you know, Peter, he had a way with words, didn't he? He was. He was the spokesman that a lot of them said, man, I hope he shuts up today, you know. But sometimes he, he, you know, he could say the right thing. And here he is, you know, he's, he's uh, given the opportunity because of a healing at the, at the gate. Beautiful. This guy was there for years and everybody knew him. And Peter, because of spontaneity, because of God wanting to minister through him, praise God, looked at the guy and said, opportunity, amen. Silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, we're going to give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And did the guy walk? Yes, he did. Praise God. In fact, he didn't just walk. Man, he pulled a mic, didn't he? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. No, I mean that in a, as a compliment. I mean that as a compliment. I do. I, I hope you, do, you understand that. That is. I love it, brother. You got my permission to do whatever you want. If we had chandeliers, I'd let you swing from them. 
Well, we'd have to reinforce one up there because you know. But I'm just saying. But I don't have a problem with that. He he's a he is a joy to be around. He inflames the joy in my heart. He does. Now that doesn't mean I have to act like him. Ooh, yeah, that's a little deep, isn't it? But it just means I enjoy it. He helps me to sing a little bit louder. He helps me to man put a smile on my face. Keep doing it. You are an encourager in Jesus' name. We need it. But we can't demand it. We can't say, okay, now he's doing it. Mike's on. Let's go, everybody. No, you've got a personality too that God's improving and that type of thing. But please don't oppose it. That's what I'm asking you. You know, you might not quite figure out this tongue talking yet. Many of you come and you go, what is the deal there? Okay, you don't understand it, but please don't oppose it. That's what organizations have done. And that's what God doesn't like. Amen. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. There's a danger in that. Amen. There's a big danger when people do that. And that's why I'm saying you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to get involved just because I'm involved. But I'm going to tell you something, folks. Don't oppose it. Let God use you. Let God begin to improve you and show you these things. Amen. And so Peter here, after that, it caused quite a ruckus. You know the story in Acts. You know, everybody's really having a problem with this, especially the religious people. You know, there's places for this. What are these guys getting so excited about? And I don't even know what their big deal was. Here's a guy that was, that was, that was you know, in a bad shape, and he gets healed. But they bring him before the magistrates, put him in jail. Now, that's, there's an example of, of standing for the truth. And man, you know, what they're trying to do is, is hide this thing under a carpet. They're, they want to just get rid of these guys. Amen. And so they beat him and they tell him not to preach it anymore. And finally, Peter comes before the magistrates, not disrespectfully, but with a message from God. And the message from God kind of basically had to say, what we ought to obey God rather than man. And I still believe firmly in that. That's why I'm not, I'm not hesitating as much and, and, and afraid of people. I know that God wants this truth out. And a lot of it is, is not in the words that we say. It's in the life that we live. That's what it is. And now you can understand why the holiness does have to do with lifestyle. And that's why we can't put that one down. Um, and, 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 and not that we have that to be the first addendum when people walk through the door. But believe me, unless they're blind, they can see. They can see the difference. That's why when my advice to ladies who have a hard time with the dress issue, I'm not demanding. But you know what I try to tell them to do? Why don't you do a little apostolic experiment? And they'll look at me like you, some of you are looking at me. And I said, try doing it when you come to church and see how you feel. See how God does for you. And then we'll just take it from there. And that's not hypocrisy, folks. That's how far the world is away from apostolic distinction. We're a hundred years removed from it. 
if I was preaching this gospel back in, the, in, in 1901 or 1910, a lot of this I wouldn't have to deal with because people did it anyway. It was our culture. It's how people did. I got a grandmother, praise God, that never, I mean, she always wore dresses. That was the way it was. I know that made a couple of you nervous, but you got to say the obvious sometimes. But the bottom line is what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to get across is distinction. Don't you feel better not looking like a man? Doesn't, doesn't that help? And I said, well, maybe if it didn't the first time, try it again. Wonderful article in this magazine, and I'm going to read one tonight. This is the new, um, and we don't have them yet, so you can't have this one. This is mine. Pentecostal Life. And um, it's got beautiful articles in it. And one article is about a couple um, from uh, Illinois that went over to the Philippines, I believe. I believe it's Philippines, somewhere over there where it's hot. Okay, and they had a camp meeting. And this guy was talking about the fact that there were people there. One young girl had a foot that was like this. It had grown in, and she couldn't, she couldn't walk. They had to help her. Well, of course, in a camp meeting, in a setting, in Sunday morning services, you know, if we had somebody come in here in a wheelchair, the first thing we'd want to do is rush over to the first, and we got to be careful with that one. But they prayed for this little girl, and the first time they prayed, it didn't happen. It was the same. And so what were they going to do? Well, they just, simple, let's pray again. And they prayed again, and it didn't happen. And they said the third time they prayed, it happened. Now, don't ask me to figure that one out. I'm just saying sometimes we've got to get to a place where ministry means a lot to us and, 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 and we'll go beyond what our flesh is and what, what, what our first impressions are. And, and they were talking about this in this article that two or three times that happened where the first time they prayed it didn't happen. And the second time they didn't pray, it didn't happen. But the third time, praise God. And so you and I, we must pick up on some of that stuff. Amen. Because we're, we're living in a, in a generation that's extremely impatient. And if something doesn't go right in the first 12 seconds, man, we're ready just to chuck it. And sometimes it would have been better off we got on our knees and begin to pray for about a half an hour and clear all the junk out of our head and get rid of all the, you know, the stuff that we're thinking about and say, now, God, you begin to minister, praise God. You begin to do whatever you want. That's why a lot of times I don't get a lot of this stuff, you know, in the first few minutes. I get it after a while of doing it. And so this is what we must follow. We must follow that type of a pattern, praise God, because we're trying to be like Jesus, we're not Jesus. And that's not an excuse. That's just what the Bible terms as we have this treasure in earthen vessel. So my advice to some people here that are struggling with things, and believe me, this church has come a long way. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to say that if you don't do this or do that or don't dress in the right way, you're not welcome here. That is not true. You are what everybody is welcome here. But sooner or later, you know, um, if, if you get, you know, in, with me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to challenge you a little bit. And part of the way I'm going to challenge you is with these apostolic experiments. And let you find out on your own, you know, do you feel like you pleased God? Do you feel like you found a little favor with the Lord? Oh, well, why don't you buy into that? And why don't you start tapping more into it? 
praise God. And as always, my friends, that's your choice. I'm not going to make that choice for you. Now, as the leader of this church, I do have to put, you know, a little bit of a parameter around certain things. That is what God calls me to do. I have to do that. And I do that one without prejudice. I just say, well, listen, if you want to be in this church, you're going to have to rise up to this standard. Amen. I got about, about four projects right now in this church that I'm working on in that area right now. I've learned that I can't do it all here. Actually, five. There's five projects going on right now that have that intention. I want people to step up. I want people to, to take the potential and, and, the, and the giftings that God has got in them, and I want them to be used. And they can be. They can be used. Hallelujah. If that will happen, praise God. But I, I get that order from God, and I have to draw the line, and God, I have to say, well, that's where, that's where it is. Amen. And so hopefully, you know, I don't know if that explained anything to anybody, but bottom line is I, I feel like, praise God, that's, that's where we're at in Jesus' name. I spoke last week, and I'm just circling the airport now, um, uh, I, about, about mindsets. And mindsets are very, 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 very prevalent. You can tell a lot of times where people are at because of the pattern of the way they think. And I'm not a psychologist. I'd make a lousy one. Um, and so um, I could charge maybe half of what they charge, though, and maybe I'd get some customers, but um, nevertheless. But I talked about two mindsets last week. You remember that? Talked about an agitated mindset. And this is the problem with agitation is that we're thinking about problems constantly. And everything is a problem. And I have, the, I have those challenges in my own personal life. There are certain things that will set me off. And I have to be very careful now. And I've learned to respond differently. Amen. And then I talked about a gullible mindset where people will believe anything. And boy, we, we live in a world today that, and I used the example, and I know somebody got mad at me, but that's okay. Um, internet. Yeah. And wow, that one is just full of, is the word gullibility? Okay, well, that sounds good. Um, and so I use them, and I hope that somebody here thought about that this week. Don't be so gullible. In fact, let me give you a scripture. Can I do that? Look at First, first um, John, the Gospel of First John. In verse number 4. Chapter, oh, chapter number four and verse number one. The scripture says, <clears throat> Beloved, believe not every spirit. And that's really what, what the deal is. Uh, behind everything, behind everything, behind everything there is a spirit and what that means is there's an origin it came from somewhere amen and so there's a spirit of things out there that we must begin to uh, understand and it says but try the spirits 
whether they are of God. There it is. It says, because many false prophets are going out into the world, and hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Here's a, here's a kicker. The Bible says, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Can I interpret that in the New Testament? Who do men say that I am? There it is. And I'm not saying that people are going to give you the right answer all the time, but get them thinking about that. Who is Jesus? Amen. That's the topic I love to get on. Praise God. Because he's, there's only one God. Somebody say amen. amen. And one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. There it is. Who is Jesus? Amen. And so it's so cool, praise God. That's what it is. I was talking to your son last night. Yeah, you, back there. I was talking to your son last night. He's, he is really hungry for the Word of God. Amen. And him and I had this discussion last night amongst many of our discussions. And I taught him something. Ask him about it. In Jesus' name. I'm telling you who Jesus is. It's very, very important, praise God. And that's what you and I have to understand, praise God. A lot of this that's out there in the world, praise God, it doesn't have Jesus on it. It has man on it. It has organization and all that. And I'm going to tell you something right now so that you'll understand I'm on equal ground. So does our organization. And that's not Pastor Carnahan slamming the UPCI. That's understanding that this is a man-made organization. And from time to time, as the pastor of this church, I have to uh, test and I have to really, 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 really determine what is best for what's going on here. And that doesn't mean I'm rebellious against the organization. It just means that, praise God, there are priorities that as a pastor God has put in my life. Amen. And so that's what it is. Don't be so gullible. Amen. There's a huge difference between rebellion and wanting to know. Amen. And people, there's a lot of folks out there that just want to know. And I feel like I'm amongst some of them here today. That you want to know. Amen. And if you'll trust God and you'll begin to listen to him and obey what he wants you to do, do some of those apostolic experiments and begin to test the spirit. Amen. Because I understand, praise God, that in this organization, and I've been around it, where people have done what God wanted them to do, but they didn't have the right spirit. And that's not me critiquing them. That's me trying to be a good, you know, fruit inspector. And just so you know, I'm on equal ground. There's a lot of times I have done things the right way, but with the wrong spirit and I'm working on that that's what God is doing we're all in this completion part here and God's trying to direct our thoughts into that area praise God amen that's why the spirit of a person is very very important amen and Jesus can help us to do that in Jesus name let me give you two more mindsets here real quickly
that you can kind of think about here. I talked about um, agitated and gullible. Let me talk about a tolerant mindset. And that's the one that's trying to make inroads into Christianity right now. Amen. And tolerance is one of those things that, that says it's okay for people to do certain things. I could mention a couple of very obvious things right now. Amen. And there's a big difference. What God has taught me is the difference between tolerating something and respecting people's human ability to make choices. Amen. That's why if somebody will let me, I will, and I'm very guarded with this now, but I will, I will sit down and talk to them from a scriptural standpoint about their sin that they think is okay. And I would be glad to do that. And I will bring chapter and verse with me, not arrogantly, but I will bring it from the standpoint that I am not going to tolerate that behavior. I will respect you as a human being with the right to choose if you want to do that or not. But I will not tolerate that in my own life. Amen. And when you become a pastor, it actually even goes beyond your own life. I am the protector by God around this area here. Amen. That's why if something comes into this church and it has something that is very, very obvious and controversial, you can rest assured that Pastor Carnahan will deal with it. Amen. Maybe not the first time that they walk in there. Maybe not the second time. But I will deal with it, praise God. Why? Because that is my duty. And that's why we have to, that's why I have to study. And I have to be fully persuaded, praise God, on what I believe. Because when, when, when John said try the spirit, he was telling that there is a spirit behind something that may look very, very innocent. It may look like it's going to accomplish great things for a lot of people, but the spirit behind it is anti-God. And that's what sometimes it takes a while before you're going to recognize that. Amen. And that one is tricky, folks. Praise God. Sometimes people are doing what they are doing simply because that's how they were taught and they think it's okay. But sometimes what you can do is you can show them the error of their way or their thinking and then that can straighten them out and they'll say, whoa, I didn't realize that that was against God's word. And if they believe in God's word and they believe in what God says, you can win people. You can convert people to that kind of thing. But if all you're going to do is set up a protest stand and say, I am against it, I'm against it. Listen to me, folks. You're going to find yourself with more problems. Because the human, most human beings will resist that kind of thing. And that's why Jesus did it that way. Amen. And so this is, I know I'm going a little bit, few layers, probably deeper than I thought I would. But the bottom line is, folks, we have to be careful with that tolerant mindset. Amen. You do not have to tolerate things in your life. You don't have to. Now you have to respect people wherever you're at and that's a whole lot different amen and so I hope somebody will have some understanding to that the other mindset that I want to give to you real quickly here praise God is the lazy mindset and we can all fall into this category praise God of the fact that you know um, uh, 
uh, really don't matter. It doesn't affect my life right now. And I want to try to help somebody understand right now. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Listen, folks, these prayer meetings that we're promoting here, these things that we're trying to engage people into doing, these are not options any longer. The reason why some people don't get involved in them, I understand, is because you're way too busy. And if you'll give me a year with your life, I'll help you not to be as busy. And I'll help you to have time to do the things of God. Now, that's not because I'm Jesus, but because I'm following him. I'll guarantee you that, that if you'll sit and you'll have a discipleship class and you'll learn the things of God, you'll see in your own eyes that these things are a whole lot more important than these things are, and these things won't matter near as much as they used to, and pretty soon you won't even be doing them anymore. And you'll have plenty of time to do the things of God. Because we can sit here and watch CNN or all the news programs and say, well, that stuff doesn't affect me. Oh, yes, it does. Your kids are going to school. You're, some of you are going into job areas where you're dealing with this kind of a spiritual warfare. And God doesn't want you to become some innocent little baby in there. He wants to give you some armor. He wants to give you some weapons. And he wants to be able to help you to go into those areas and begin to make a difference. But listen to me, folks, if we develop a lazy mindset that says, well, somebody else will do it. I'll just come and reap the benefits. You know, sooner or later, that one is going to come and it's going to begin to eat our lunch. And God wants to help us to get engaged in Jesus' name. That's what he wants to do. Let me show you something here in Scripture. Look at um, Acts chapter number 17, and this will be it. I'm, I'm, I'm just about done because we got food and fellowship, and I hope I didn't mess this up for the youth. Amen, amen. If you don't like what I preach, please just go back and eat their food, okay? <laughs> amen. Okay, look at Acts chapter 17 and verse number 10. The Bible says Paul in the 17th chapter there met resistance in certain cities, okay? Well, in chapter number 17 and verse 10, it says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. You'll find that as a pattern that Paul used, okay? Well, here it is. You know, the people at Thessalonica at that time didn't want to hear the gospel. They didn't. And so they sent Paul and Silas away. But the bottom line is, they went to this place called Berea, and the scripture says, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were true. Now, why don't somebody try that apostolic experiment? Why don't you try reading the entire Bible this year and find out if God will begin to show you some truths that you have never seen before. But I'll guarantee you, folks, it isn't going to happen with a lazy mindset. You're going to have to develop a mindset that says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to make room for it. I'm going to have that kind of thing in my life in Jesus' name. And I believe the Lord will reward you. He will give you all kinds of things in Jesus' name. i got to end this so that we can go back there. I don't want to end it, but I will. 
out of respect for our young people in Jesus' name. Just push the wrong button. There we go. Praise God. Let's end this by a response to the Lord. If you don't mind, praise God. Amen.